inflation is remaining at a high. So my question to you, given take into consideration everything you said about stagflation, are we heading into or are we even in currently in stagflation? <laughs> that's, that's, you know, uh, I guess when you even ask that question, it's very similar to asking if we're in a, a recession or not, right? Mm. Um Hello and welcome to Woke Finance, the podcast discussing all things finance and all things finance related. It's your boy Peter and I'm with my co-host, my bro Jax. How are you today? Yeah, Peter, I'm all right. I'm very good. Um, I'm a bit tired um, and um, I am looking to go on a holiday in Bali um, in the next month or so, but it feels so far away. So um, yeah, I'm very much looking forward to that. Um, I think this year has been quite intense. We've been very busy here work finance delivering sessions to young people uh very busy with the nine to five etc so yeah i'm really looking forward to a nice long break where i can kind of switch off a bit uh, it's definitely been a busy season as you said we've been delivering quite a lot i'm slightly jealous of your holiday well your honeymoon actually up in uh bali as well i'm sure you know you have a lovely time well deserved um a much needed holiday break man so i'm definitely feeling you on that one um as time of recording just gone into august so what five months left of the year so jackson would be good i know at the beginning of uh 2022 we done an, an episode of sort of getting our finances ready for 2022 and we did say we're going to touch base at some point in the year to just sort of reflect on some of the, our goals that we shared as well so it'd be great we can do an episode on that at some point yeah that would be very good um yeah it can catch me out a bit <laughs> yeah <laughs> because- you know- you know, it's crazy whenever we just make, no, we don't do New Year's resolution, but goals and stuff, how we see fit. Um, and before we know it, the end of the year is near and it's that time right now. <laughs> I, saw, I, saw, I saw a post on our Instagram and, and it says something like, um, so at the time of recording this episode, we're in August 2022. And it was saying something like, well, uh, basically 2023 is here, you know, uh, once you get to August, uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, um all these things are happening by the time you know it you have to start you know buying christmas presents and get ready for the new year exactly exactly no absolutely man um and yeah christmas was a good shout man because yeah even when it comes to budgeting we need to be thinking of that well in advance but um no man uh good to hear from you good to catch up with you as per usual um today we're gonna get straight into it and before that we just want to give a shout out to our listeners wherever you are in the world we want to give a shout out to you know our new listeners as well we are hearing from you um getting new listeners pretty much and you know every week um in different parts of the world so no we do appreciate that and hopefully these um episodes on the world finance podcast are of some value to you but jacks um you know we're obviously going through a season um and we mentioned it on you know most of our episodes in the current season um so it goes without saying the current economic crisis um we are in here in the uk but it's pretty much um replicant um across the world um particularly in the western part of the world um and um it's very likely we are going into an oncoming uh, recession and there's quite a bit of stuff in the news um today which i can remind people of uh, shortly but um, today we're going to be focusing on um, the topic around um, stagflation and what that actually is. And just before I actually do that, um, as 
of recording today um as of today interest rates rose to 1.75 percent um which is crazy because this is the most it's been um risen in in well uplifted in almost 27 years so we're just in a very weird time yeah absolutely absolutely we're, we're in a very very uh awkward weird um unprecedented times and I think that ties in very nicely to the actual topic of today, which is stagflation, which in itself is a very awkward situation to find yourself in. Mm. No, absolutely. And, you know, we're seeing, and this is, as you said, quite relevant. We're seeing news articles of, you know, Bank of England warns the UK will fall into recession this year um, based on everything that's happening. So, Jax, let's walk through this. Um, What is stagflation? Yeah, to, to, to be able to explain stagflation uh, for our listeners, I think we first start off by understanding that stagflation is a combination of two words um, and, and a clue is probably in its name. So we, we've got stag, which is from stagnant, um, not the stag that I had last week, <laughs> but stag as in... Which was word... alive, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, the word stagnant. Um, and then the other word is is inflation. Now we've done many episodes where we talk about inflation and the and the impact of inflation, both both positive and negative. Um, and I guess the word stagnant, the prefix also is very important. Um, when we are in uh, you know, when we are analyzing the global economy and how things are going, of course we talk about things like real GDP, which means output. You know, the uh, the economy is growing and it's being productive. Companies are producing earnings, profits, etc. People are earning a decent wage. All these things are usually a good indication of a good, healthy economy. Now, again, that will come with uh, consumption. People are consuming more. It will come with investment. It will come with, let's say, net exports, uh, some government spending. All these things can help boost uh, the global economy through increasing what we call aggregate demand. So more people have more, more money in their pockets, they're consuming more, it increases demand. And as these things are happening, uh, you also find that most people, um, there's a low, there's low unemployment as well. Um, and, and, and one of the effects is we do tend to have a bit of inflation. Um, so prices of goods and services in the economy tends to go up steadily in a healthy economy. So we actually do say inflation can be very healthy if it's um, around the two, three percent. And what you find um, around the globe, um, here in the UK, we have the Bank of England. In America, we have the Fed, the Federal, the Federal Reserve. They normally have a target inflation rate of around two to three percent. Um, and that's healthy. That that's is per actually, year, right? That's per annum, yes. And that's, yeah. and that's uh, an indication of actually a good, healthy economy. Mm. What happens is um when and again this this actually happens because there is that demand because there is consumption because the economy is growing so prices have to slowly go up for that reason however um, when we experience a place a situation where inflation um is going really high but also the economy is going the opposite way that's really weird because it's not supposed to work that way Mm. right so inflation is supposed to happen when the economy is doing well not when the economy is doing bad mm. <laughs> you know what i mean so um and the reason why that's very 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 uh important to understand in terms of the issues that this this poses is comes down to economic policy 
So what normally happens is if inflation starts to slowly get out of hand in an economy that's doing really well, what normally happens is the Federal Reserve in America or the Bank of England in the UK will use uh, its ability to increase interest rates to cool mm. down the economy. Um, and so that's what it will do. And that's fine because if the economy is overheating because it's doing really well, then of course, by increasing interest rates and having people uh, have less money in their pockets and the availability of credit is, is more expensive, then it makes sense. It's actually a good thing to increase interest rates and to cool down the economy and cause people to save more rather than consume more and to borrow less, right? Mm. But what happens if the economy is not growing and inflation is higher, but the tool that you have, the number one tool that you have is to increase interest rates? Mm. Well, this is going to hurt the consumer. This is going to hurt the average citizen because the economy is not even growing anyway. Mm. Now you're actually doing something that would um, usually cool down the economy, but you, you're hurting people even more. Hmm. So then what happens is inflation goes up, but the economy becomes stagnant. That's why we get the word stagflation, and it's uh, a, an awful place to be in. Yeah, so the, the as you said, the number one tool which tends to happen when inflation is getting out of control is to raise interest rates to cool down that rising cost of living. But as you said, what happens when you know the economy continues to go down that's that's basically gives birth to stagflation it's almost like the number one tool that we've been using let's just raise interest rates and then that helps things but unfortunately in this case it doesn't exactly so it can still it, it can solve the issue to mm. an extent of inflation but it doesn't it doesn't solve the issue of or, or, or what, should, what i should say is even if it solves the issue of inflation the byproduct is too aggressive the byproduct mm. is um, people get hit and then it usually causes a deeper recession mm. hmm. yeah. that is deep man yeah and and, and the thing is it's it really comes down to usually understanding what causes inflation like i said earlier if it's if inflation is caused by um obviously people getting excited and everything's doing well and there's inflation and slowly start to overheat then then yeah absolutely you know uh, rising interest rates is good but what you find is what's causing inflation now, many people have their different um, ideas, but a lot of it comes down to the excess money printed and be experienced anyway. Mm. And, and, you know, when you talk of this uh, thriving economy, um, what does that actually look like? So a, a thriving economy comes with a bit of inflation, doing with 2 to 3%. Mm. It comes with increasing um, output, real GDP. Mm. It comes with low unemployment. Mm. Um, so the people that are able and willing to work can actually work. That's how we measure impl- un- uh, unemployment, low unemployment. Um, it comes, it comes with um, uh, a steady ray rise in wages mm. and stuff like that as well. So there's many benefits that comes with a good quality, um, sustainable growth in an economy. And I keep that's the key word: it's sustainable. Mm. Um, when it becomes unsustainable, that that's then. You know that's when inflation has to um, go up. It's like too much money is chasing too few goods. Mm. Demand has to equal supply. Productivity has to match the demand in the economy for there to be stable and and and, and uh, sustainable inflation. Mm. Stagflation sounds like an absolute nightmare for government who are to help trying trying to help fix the problem. It is a complete nightmare because mm. it's it's you're you're stuck in the middle. You're stuck between actually solving uh, an issue that can go completely out of hand in, in the form of inflation, but also you know that. But if you raise interest rates, you can really hurt the consumer. You could hurt people that 
that you know are the, the everyday person um mm. think about how many people have mortgages that will be affected by hmm. uh aggressive rises in interest rates right so well, it's happening uh, yeah yeah so you know the central banks have a real tough job on their hands real hmm. tough and and i wouldn't want to be in a position because you kind of have to pick up poison <laughs> yeah that yeah i mean I, I was gonna ask you know you know what could or should or what normally um happens in this case but before we do that um you mentioned, you know, some of the things that are behind a thriving e- economy. You mentioned, you know, employment rates um, or unemployment is quite low. Now, at the moment, Jax, um, we're starting to see a lot of cutbacks in um, recruitment of employees in your big corporations. So even as today, there's a news article, um, Walmart cuts 200 corporate employees, says it will continue hiring in key areas. You've seen all over all your big companies, Amazon, this has been happening to um, Apple um, and Netflix, and they have these reasons. They don't say it's nothing to do with, you know, revenue and the economy. They'll say, stuff like um they just want to cut back on maybe a program that a new program that they wanted to do next year but they decided against that hence why we're not going to recruit x amount um it's happening here in the uk and um, small in small pockets of society um you mentioned pay rises um which is you know not a norm but it's expected in a thriving economy unfortunately i don't you know i mean someone can give us a shot but i don't know any employer that's raising um uh, wages above the rate of inflation at the moment right now um so right now i'll probably from my observations um and just from what we we've been seeing and experiencing with all of the rising cost of um, energy and bills etc the economy is in a bit of a state at the moment and at the same time um interest rates are going up and inflation is remaining at a high so my question to you given take into consideration everything you said about stagflation, are we heading into, or are we even in currently in stagflation? <laughs> that's, that's, you know, uh, I guess when you even ask that question, it's very similar to asking if we're in a recession or not, right? Mm. Um, very, very similar. It really comes down to what's caused the recession. So I think Ray, Ray Dalio, which is someone that I listen to, uh, the the founder of the largest hedge fund in the world i believe Man, um, yeah um he, he he believes we're heading there mm. um we're, we're heading in that direction um obviously i i i wouldn't know what i would say is if i had to predict i think the difficulty here is that if we look at history i think it was in the 1970s we, we got hit with with stagflation um if you look at history what what causes there to be uh, a cooling down of inflation as we said it's always been in the rise of interest rates mm. now it's difficult to be the bad person um it's, it's difficult to when i say but the bad person is it's difficult to be uh the person who is going to cause people to have a higher cost of living mm. by increasing the interest rates do do uh does politics have uh, the ability to make that hard decision to uh, rise or sorry raise interest rates and to hurt people um, for the short term so that inflation can come down? Because that's what's ha- that's actually worked in the past, mm-hmm. where interest rates have have risen aggressively to crazy amounts that I don't know if uh, you know our economy now can actually withstand it and whether uh, people will stand for that. 
mm. kind of thing. And, and whether people are the, the, the central banks are actually willing to do that, you become very unpopular mm. if that's the case. So if I had to guess, I think um I'm I'm quite I'm I'm in the same school of thought with Redelio. I think we will go through a period of um of high inflation and it will last a decent amount of time. Mm. Um I think it'll be a long time be- before we get to that two to three percent uh of inflation. Mm. I think it'll be quite a while. Um because as I said, it's just very, very difficult to 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 raise interest rates in this in this in this environment. Um mm. so yeah I think um the Fed has has a has a big task on, on their hand. The central banks have a big task on their hand because they have to really try and get the sweet spot. I think that's what it is. Hmm. You want to get a sweet spot where you're kind of in between, like you're kind of in the middle of, of um, you know, trying to cool down inflation so it's not completely out of hand and slowly raising interest rates, but not too aggressively so that the consumer is, is completely hurt. Hmm. No, thank you for that, Jax. And I guess just for clarity, and it, there may not be too much of a distinction, but just for our listeners, stagflation versus recession, what's the difference, would you say? Yeah, so um, it's it's true that if you are experiencing stagflation, the chances are you are in a recession and, and potentially a deep recession. Uh, but not every recession is caused by uh, stagflation or, or how comes with an outcome of stagflation. Um, the technical term for recession uh, would be two successive quarters of negative growth. That's like the technical way of saying, okay, we are definitely in a technical recession. Um, other people just define it as a, a decent period of, of slowing growth. Um, so some people will say that's a recession as well. So of course there are, they come hand in hand usually, but stagflation is almost like a type of recession. Let's put it that way. It's almost uh, in, in its own thing. It's one of the worst cases. <laughs> it's one of those things that you don't experience. Um, and again, it really comes down to what causes the recession. I think that's important. Mm. Um, a lot of the time we've experienced stagflation has been caused by some sort of economic shock. Um, for example, a random rise in oil prices or, mm. or things like wars and stuff like that. So it's, it's as I said, it's, it's a peculiar position to find yourself if, if you know, uh, you're, you're experiencing inflation, but the economy is not growing. That's, 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 that's a very strange position to find yourself. Mm. And just even hearing you speak in terms of some of those, you know, um, unprecedented shocks um, such as wars and, you know, a pandemic um, we've, yeah, I mean, just as a nation and the entire world, we've definitely been through a lot, which unfortunately means, you know, um, it's very realistic thought to assume that we're going to be in a bit of a period such as a stag- as stagflation for quite some time. Um and and that's just being realistic. Now, Jax, I know you're obviously um, not in um, governmental leadership position at this point in time. <laughs> so, <laughs> but it would be good to hear. What do you think? You know, um, people in positions of power who has the ability to affect change in this area. What do you think they should be doing? And after that, let's talk about us as the everyday individual, our listeners, me, you. What can we be doing? But first of all, our leaders. Uh, you, you know, <laughs> I think I think the difficulty or, or what I find frustrating frustrating is how uh, almost dishonest we have been with ourselves in terms of the leadership. Mm. Um, when I say we, because you put me in that position, if I was a leader, <laughs> <laughs> um, because we, we we should have accepted or 
the leaders should have accepted very early on that we were in or going to be in a highly inflationary um, economic period. Mm. You know, so the whole ideology of inflation being transitory was uh, almost like a joke to me, honestly. Mm. It's even if it could have been, we should have been prepared for it not being. Um, and so preparation and, and prevention is better than a cure. We, we normally say this, right? And so it would have been better to start raising interest rates earlier than now. Because if you're able to, again, it's, like, it's the whole prevention versus cure thing. If you're able to capture something early or you're able to solve the issue before it gets, it gets a bit out of hand. And what happens is when it starts to get a bit out of hand, it requires a bigger, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It, it, it requires a bigger... Intervention, intervention, or, you know, some yeah. sort of a bigger cure. Mm. You know, you need to do more um, because you've let it get out of hand, kind of thing. And when you let, it's like a sickness. When you, when you let a sickness spread, mm. um, it's, it's you might have to amputate something. You mm. know, so so it's it's one of those things. Hmm. We should have captured it earlier. We should have been brave enough to start raising interest rates much earlier, mm. and not just raising interest rates, but raising it a bit more aggressively. So these twenty-five basis points that they were doing. That, that, what was that going to do? Mm. No, maybe we should have moved from 50, straight to 50 basis points or 75 mm. basis points, even 100 basis points straight away mm. to cool down the economy straight away. But it's, it, you know, we let it kind of ride out and then now we're starting to do it. So it's difficult. I think mm. right now it does come back down to trying to hit the sweet spot um, because by raising interest rates, as we said, it does affect people. It affects financial markets. It affects many different things. Mm. Um, and so there has to be a, a, some sort of analysis to try and find that sweet spot. Um, I think, yes, interest rates probably should still be going up mm. um, because inflation is one of the worst economic, um, I don't know what to call it, like, it, it affects people, man. Inflation really affects people and it, it really affects the everyday person mm. the most. It affects the, the 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 lower class, the low income class, much more than everyone else. Mm. It affects those people that are not um, uh, owners of assets the most. You know, mm. the people that uh, are doing their weekly shopping are seeing crazy prices on food, on on on, on uh, utility bills, and these things. So um, that needs to come down. That needs to come down, and it could be that the people that do own assets are the ones that hit harder. So the ones that may may own stock, may own. Uh, uh, things like property mm. like they could be hit harder but again uh i'm kind of waffling because there is no, no, no yeah no, because even yeah. even if you even if you want to get on a property ladder if interest rates are high then that makes it harder for you to get on a property ladder right because mm. the amount you're going to be paying a month is much more difficult so that will affect first-time buyers so i think it's it's difficult but i would rather take short-term pain for a longer-term gain hmm. Love it. I can see why you love the economics because there's just so yeah, there's just so many angles to look at this. Oh um, yes, so many things are affected affected um via you know our current economic um standpoint. Um, it has a ripple effect onto so many other things as well, and there's so many different almost communities and groups um to consider as well. And it seems like you can't win. <laughs> yeah, but that's what economics this, yeah. is. Yeah, yeah it's, in, it's interesting you mentioned that. And actually, I'm one of those people when I did my A-level economics um, papers. I used to ask for extra paper before the exam started because I just knew mm. I had so much to say. Mm. Because that's, that is economics. Economics mm. is the efficient allocation of resources. Um, the number one problem is scarcity. So mm. we, all, we have a lot of problems. And what we're trying to do is to, is to find a sweet spot. That's mm. all it is. 
Um, it's also why I struggle with uh, certain conversations around politics mm. because, um, you know, when I hear politicians speak, it's almost as if they're speaking about all the pros and not talking about the cons. Mm. But almost every decision you make is going to affect, you know what I mean? It can affect one community one way, but the other community might suffer. Absolutely. So there's always that dishonesty that I always find with politics, which is why I, I don't really get too much into political conversations. But no, that's, that's economics for you. Yeah, and and that effect when we talk of affecting uh, groups or pockets of society, that you know, in a lot of cases, also means literally their lives. Yes. Um. Um. That's yeah. Just so interesting. Just hearing you um say that it's almost you know as you said before, what is your favorite poison? But one of the things I'm hearing you know from you is around leaders needing to be more proactive you know we went through a, a, an unprecedented global event it's not you know it's not a massive surprise that we're in this well, no, could uh, something had been done much earlier like two years ago and stuff like that and a bit more aggressively in terms of um, interest rates uh, being raised yeah i mean it's not it's not it's not it's not rocket science like mm-hmm. you know we pumped all this money and and i think credit when due i think that's really important i think it was good for uh governments and central banks to obviously help people out it was a course, difficult time so, yeah. so i respect that but then you know it's not rocket science to understand you've pumped all this money into the system where's that money gonna go where do you think that money's gone it doesn't disappear mm. it's still in the system it's still in the system. And so inflation was always going to be uh, one of the outcomes. Uh, maybe they were not able to predict how aggressive it was going to be. Mm. But um, the whole transitory thing was, that's come on, come on. You've pumped all this money into the system. Mm. Um, uh, companies are trying to obviously recover. So, you know, when there's too much money chasing too few goods and services, inflation is always the outcome. Mm. So it, it's, 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 it's crazy that they were not that proactive. Of course, there are other factors that they couldn't have predicted like the war in, in Ukraine. Mm. So I, I do understand mm. that. That's obviously added to the inflationary pressures. But um, yeah, it's, it's mm. we talk about work finance all the time, right? The most important things that we th- we think individuals should even be doing is, is being proactive, just like the central banks should have been more proactive. <laughs> no, absolutely. Um, more proactive and less reactive. So let, let's get on to that, actually, sort of the everyday individual, you know, we know when we're going to get into, well, it's very likely um, that we are going into this sort of stagflation um, period or season um let's start talking about you know what can the everyday individual uh be doing in preparation for that but gonna give you a breather Jax. just before we do that gonna give a massive shout out to where we're getting new listeners from in the world um and we're gonna give a shout out to our new listeners in jose leon suarez which is a city in argentina oh is jose j-o-s-e yeah, I don't know if it's Jose or Jose. I was about to say, but... it's probably pronounced yeah. Jose. <laughs> <laughs> Massive shout out to you, not... <laughs> Jose Leon Suarez. Goodness me. Oh, my days. Well, there is, there is a particular footballer whose name is oh, Suarez. Man. I know he's not from Argentina, he's from Uruguay, isn't he? Yeah. He's not He's not my favourite footballer because I'm Ghanaian and I will never forget what he done. Uh, yeah, I, I remember. <laughs> <laughs> and there's many, as a person, yeah, he's probably not my, I'm not definitely... <laughs> Not my favorite person, <laughs> but as a footballer, absolutely amazing footballer, yeah. amazing footballer. Yeah. Well, anyway, welcome to Work Finance. Uh, you're here with um Jax. I am Jax, and I'm with I'm with the co-host uh, Peter. Here on Work Finance, we talk about all things finance and all things finance related. Um, I hope you're enjoying the episodes and getting tons of value. <laughs> 
Come on, come on, come on. Yeah, I definitely echo that. Um, if you if this has been of value to you and useful, um, feel free to share it with someone um else as well that you may know. Um, just drop it to them. You never know how they can impact um their lives as well. They may not share or tell you about how listening to this episodes um has impacted them, but you're doing your bit. So let's all get on this personal finance journey. So just a massive shout out to you and all of our listeners across the world. So Jax, let's start to um get back into this. So I guess for the everyday individual, our listeners, um, what can we be doing to prepare for this potentially oncoming stagflation season? Yeah, I think, I think uh, again, it's about remembering what stagflation normally comes with. And I'll say the uh, most prominent thing, prominent negative thing it comes with is a rise in unemployment. So um, just having a back of your mind that, you know, jobs can go, uh, your job can go. Um, and so it's important to, you know, have that at the back of your mind. Obviously, we do not live with fear, but we live with a level of wisdom and understanding. I would say what's important from a personal finance perspective is to, and that goes, it's similar to all the preparations for recession as well, by the way, but it comes down to, um, of course, having a cash buffer. I would say that's very important. So we talk about emergency funds and we say it could be three months to six months worth of your expenses saved in uh, cash. Um, I would say six months should be the absolute minimum, Mm. especially in this type of environment. I'll say even if you can go up to a year, that's absolutely fine. Mm. Uh, Going beyond a year, then you may want to consider actually putting that money to work um, because stagflation doesn't last forever. Mm. Um, But what I would say, yes, it's absolutely important to have that buffer, that safety net because winter could easily be coming and it gets cold. Um, so that's, so, that's what... On that, just sorry. So for, you know, and again, obviously we always say we don't give out um, uh, financial advice on this podcast. It's mainly uh, our, our opinions and, um, I guess, education. Um, but for the everyday individual that's doing okay uh, in terms of from a finance perspective, no particular debt that's drowning them. They have a bit of an emergency fund, maybe, you know, that five months and they're thinking about getting to six months, but they also save and also invest quite a lot. What about those savings and investing investments? Yeah, I think, you know, I, I always say if you are an investor, um, you know, and this is where a lot of new investors and even some people have been investing for you know, the ones that call themselves traders, or they mm. call themselves investors, but they're just gambling. Um, <laughs> the Shout key... out to our episode on uh, invested versus gambling. Uh, <laughs> on that, that was, yeah, quite um, uh, a, a strong episode with quite a few <laughs> listeners, but yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. So, so you know, there has to be, an, there should have been an investment plan in the first place, right? And that investment plan should be part of a holistic financial plan. Okay, that doesn't mean you cannot amend uh, the financial plan or the investment plan every so often to uh, capture current market conditions and changes in personal circumstances. But um, the, the the shift shouldn't be so big. Um, if it's if 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 you have to make a great amendment, usually it means the investment plan at first was not really done properly. Mm. So what I will say, if you're saving and investing already and you had an investment plan put in place, stick to it. Mm. stick to it stick to it don't you don't have to budge too much especially if you have a nice long-term horizon and that's what we say investing in my humble opinion you shouldn't have anything less than a five-year time horizon mm. if if you've got five years or more then you should be putting your money to work i think um and, and just stick, stick to it stick to it i think dollar cost averaging is probably the um 
maybe not mathematically, but definitely psychologically and emotionally the, mm. the best way to go. Um, by you know putting in money every single month as part of an overall budget. We speak mm. about budgeting as well. Um, so that's that's that bit. Just be consistent. Yeah. Just continue and don't worry too much about what's happening in the short term because in five, ten, fifteen, twenty, thirty, forty years, some of us have a very long time period of investing. <laughs> you know, we're gonna look back in in twenty twenty two and be like, oh, do you remember that time? We'll be telling our kids and grandkids, you know, in twenty twenty one or twenty twenty, we had this pandemic and twenty twenty one came in the market, jumped back up. Yeah, and then twenty twenty two, you know, we went through uh, Russia tried to or they did invade Ukraine, and then yeah. we had this crisis and the stagflation probably happened you know but but by then it, it would have been history absolutely, <laughs> and, absolutely. You probably, and you'd have probably seen uh, a great opportunity to have invested money in the financial markets and, and different asset classes so yeah just just stick to it i would say as long as you have that emergency fund in place mm. that's really important to do first um and of course if you have any terrible amounts of debt very high interest you can uh, seek to uh, attack that as well. But as I said, all of this should be part of a financial plan and budget anyway. Mm. Um, I would say, though, uh, high inflation does reduce the cost of debt. So um, you don't need to put all your money towards paying off debt. Um, mm. But definitely the emergency fund, I think, is the most is the most important thing during this, these times. Love it, love it, love it. So we got, you know, um, building an emergency fund. Usually we say three to six months, but in preparation for tough economic times like this, definitely strongly consider increase, well, having six months as a minimum and potentially increasing it up to 12 months. Anything beyond that becomes idle money, so it needs to be put to work. Um, what else straps can uh, someone be doing? Yeah, I think, you know, uh, we always say wealth or, or the whole journey is a formula of increasing income, reducing expenses, which means earning more than what you spend and using the difference to save for the emergency fund to pay off debt, to invest wisely. Mm. And we say, but in increasing income is a very big component of this formula. Mm. And so what I would say is we need to find very intelligent ways of increasing our income. Mm. Um, and that should be part of the whole journey going forward anyway. Um, so that we can invest more, so that we can save more, so that we can give more and do more with our money. Mm. And there's various ways of uh, of increasing our income. One of the, our favorite ways here on World Finance is to encourage people to start uh, side hustles or passion projects that can mm. bring in an additional source of income. Um, and, they can, and they can work on this. Some people are so um, aggressive with this and so good at this that a lot of the time their side hustles um, overtake the main primary source of income of employment. Mm. Um, and, and that might not be your journey. That might not be what you want to do, but you can definitely start a side hustle to supplement your income. Hmm. Um, and trust me, an additional £1,000 a month, even an additional £500 a month goes a long way. Absolutely. Um, goes Absolutely. a very long way to pay your, your bills. Um, so hmm. definitely, definitely think about starting, starting a side hustle. The second way is um, literally, literally uh, asking for a raise at work if you are someone who is employed. Um, sometimes, uh, especially in our community, Peter, we don't have these conversations. Mm. Uh, we're just happy. We, we speak about just ha being happy to be there. We talk mm -hmm. about things like imposter syndrome mm. and stuff like that. So, you know, you, the chances are in your team, you probably get paid at least if you're from our background. <laughs> so... If you're a black woman <laughs> or black man um, and you're in a workplace where they don't, you know, advertise salaries or anything like that, um yeah that's a big possibility especially if you've not explored or arc so 
definitely um check out some of our episodes and um, we got an episode um on uh career building one of our early episodes definitely do check that out because we talk about you know potential ways you can approach negotiating your salary um because as jack said yeah there's a massive thing around imposter syndrome and feeling like we're not uh valuable we're not enough um and workplaces have a great way of making you feel like that but that is completely false and um, we all have value to give um and Jax you just you know you're touching on different ways to increase income we've recently done an episode episode 89 which is about different ways to increase um your income so where um Jax and I go a bit deeper into that but no Jax is really interesting you know we've always talked about that formula in terms of reducing expenses and increasing your income yeah but yeah. there's only so much you can do to reduce your expenses yeah and and, and they should right we should we, we should mm. reduce our expenses we should shop around we should spend our money um, wisely we should buy things that we actually value um so that's really really important we, we have to find ways to reduce our expenses so that we can find that buffer because as i said the ultimate um thing we're trying to do is to earn more than what we spend so anything that we can we can do to improve that is is, is really important but like you said yes it's you can only reduce expenses so far we got bills to pay right yeah. we got mortgages we got all these things so you can't just go and tell i can't go and tell my mortgage provider hey uh, well i mean to some extent sometimes you can have mortgage mm-hmm. holidays but i can't just go into my mortgage uh, you know for the next couple of years can i yeah. not pay my mortgage it's <laughs> gonna get paid regardless <laughs> do you know what i mean so oh so. man no that's so true and and you know there are everyone has their preference in terms of like a a, a part-time job or a second job as well you know there's obviously some jobs that some people might not want to do but why your thoughts in terms of you know particularly even if it's just for a season six months 12 months of really strongly considering getting that second job and 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 it is going to mean that you're doing an extra job on top of your full-time job um and it's going to be if you can hack it it's going to be quite damning on your body physically as well but why are your thoughts around that i think it's, it comes down to making an informed decision i think if it's short term Mm. you know i get so when i'm when i'm dealing with clients um at jack's financial that are struggling with debt and we look at all the this formula of increasing income and reducing your expenses and then using the buffer to attack the debt whether using a snowball or avalanche method right mm. um sometimes peter let's the truth of the matter is sometimes they need to earn more money mm-hmm. and they need to earn more money fast you know, um, so you can you can obviously start a side hustle that may not pay you. Like let's say a blog, mm. you can start a blog. The blog may not pay you or make any money for the next two years as you mm. build an audience and then as you do things like affiliate marketing, etc. But when it comes to paying off debt, for you need the money now. You got two years to wait before you start earning the money. So the easiest way is to actually go and do a second job that requires you to trade your time for money. Mm. Okay, um, but it comes down to do you have the time. Um, and if you, if you, even if you don't have too much time, um, let's say you're, you have responsibilities, so let's say you, you're, you're married, maybe you have children, it's a conversation you need to have with your partner um, and, and also understand that it has to be shorter. Mm. The issue is some people do these things and it becomes long term because they become addicted to the income. Um, and what happens is the income they even get in it just for short to lifetime inflation and they start spending it anyway. So now you're, you're working more hours. And just spending anyway, so you're not earning anything extra mm. in terms of savings. So I think as long as it's short term, as long as you're not k- literally killing yourself, um, it's fine. But you have to be very, very intentional and structured as to how you do it. Mm. Um, it has to be short term, and it has to be it has to be fair. Hmm. 
Wow. No, absolutely. And I'm definitely in agreement with that. Um, okay, Jack. So we've we've touched on two main areas, um, which seems like definitely form part of the bulk of it. But what else can, uh, if there is anything else, what else can someone be doing to prepare for this oncoming season? There's so many, so many things. And I think that's great, right? Mm. Uh, the fact that there's so many solutions, I think even just becoming more financially educated. Mm. Um, to understand how finance works, how money works, how the financial system works is very, very important. How banks work, you know, how, how do banks even make money? What, did, what do they do with your money? That money mm. you deposit, what do they actually do? So I think financial education and improving their financial education is extremely important. Um, it's important to understand, um, again, ways to reduce your expenses, ways to increase income, ways to pay off debt um, aggressively, ways to earn more money by starting your own business or if it's if it's money you need straight away how to start another job all these things are really 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 important um but i would also say um just be wise with your decisions mm. um you know there, there, there there's so many pieces of advice even on social media that i think is incorrect so this whole facade of people um obviously you know um starting their side hustles and as soon as the side hustle is making just a bit of money they leave their full-time job that would mm. be one of, one of the biggest mistakes you, you can make during a, a period of stagflation or recession mm. why because um uh, your clients can drop very quickly when they don't have money because they've been mm. hit by rising interest rates right so mm. you need to be very careful i call it don't live too close to the edge as well what that mm. means is if you're earning money do not be spending all of that money even in business um, you need to keep a cash buffer in your business as well. Otherwise, all of a sudden, you might be here with a tax uh, mm. or something like that. You want, might not have money for it. Um, and there was one more thing I was going to say. Yeah, I, I take advantage of, of the situation. Um, if you're able to really manage your finances um, and you're still able to earn more than what you spend, um, then, then you know, take advantage of the financial markets um, and discounts in stocks, for example, and mm. real estate. Um, but do you, you know what, Pia? I, I think the key thing is for people to be intentional and proactive with their personal finances. Sit down with someone mm. um, if you need to, or or if you're educated already, sit down and really go through your finances. Mm. Um, you know, it could be like a mortgage, right? So I, I'll give you an example. I'm I'm um, due to um, my my, my two year fixed mortgage comes to an end next year, mm. right? being intentional with, with personal finance i can decide to go with a five-year fixed mortgage because i may think that interest rates are going to rise further in the future mm. okay so rather than two years fixed i can go for five-year fixed right um and, and then make that decision why five-year fixed means um if interest rates go up i'm not affected but also it allows me to budget better because i know exactly what's going to come out of my mind absolutely come out every single month for the next five years so it really comes down with having a whole holistic plan Please, 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 if you can, get yourself a financial plan and an investment plan, please. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Um, no, Jax, man, I'm such an interesting um, topic um, and a live and relevant topic for pretty much every single individual. So, um, no, that's that's just been, yeah, so much food for thought. Very useful um, and interesting, in my opinion, hopefully. You know, our listeners uh, got something uh, from this as well. But uh, Jack, before we start to wrap up, any sort of final comments or words from you? Yeah, I think, I think you know, um, first and foremost, um, I always say wisdom, knowledge, understanding are the keys to life. Trust <laughs> me, everything I'm learning that, uh, whether it's finances, relationships, uh, everything, health, wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. So try to apply these things in your everyday thinking, um, not even just personal finance. 
um, um, and don't don't live in fear. Um, mm. We don't say these things to to scare you. Um, you know, but we have to be truthful and, and honest and prepared for 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 things mm. that do happen. Storms do happen. That doesn't mean that storm can't be calm, and that doesn't mean we can't even thrive through the storm. Mm. It really comes down to preparation and also uh, just being able to um, understand that not everything lasts. Um, mm. Yeah. Love it. Wisdom, knowledge and understanding. Absolutely. Um, preparing, being proactive for the seasons that are upon us and coming upon us, approaching things with that wisdom, cautious, but <laughs> wisdom, man. But um, just as importantly, taking advantage of uh, any opportunities that the current season presents. I remember it is just a season as life goes on, we'll move into the next one and we'll talk about how we can prepare for that next season as well. <laughs> exactly. So it's literally just life. So now, nah, man, thank you very much for that, Jax. That's been super useful. And to our listeners, remember all, stay, stay woke. woke.